Good evening everyone, welcome to Raz's Football Show. Um, today's episode, episode 5, we'll be talking about the week of football and how things have been in the Premier League this this week. Um, the champions losing pretty badly to City and, um, and we're going to be talking about United in great length this week, talking about how great Manchester United have played you know, since the restart of the season. Um, talk, we're going to have a brief chat about Arsenal again as well. Um, just generally about all teams and how things is looking so far this season. It's been a fascinating restart. I mean, a lot has happened um, in the short spell that we've had so far. It's been great. It's It's been fascinating. It's been a bit strange as well at the same time with the league, um, with the fans not being around and the league just... You know, getting on with things now. It's been great. It's been, it's been good. Um, we've had quite a few games coming in thick and fast, and you know, watching football like this has been a bit different, a bit out of the norm. But for me, it has been exciting. It's just been great to watch. Just having football back on our screens. Yes, it's been a shame that you know you can't get the fans and you can't go out and watch the games live and direct. But it's been great watching football, nevertheless. Um, I found it very exciting um, to just see matches once again, um, being able to watch the you know the highlight shows and just being able to see some of the analysis, you know, and hearing some of the pundits talk about what's gone on so far. I mean, <clears throat> let's start off with United. Um, they've been great. They've, you know, let's be, I'm going to be pretty honest. Um, without having my Liverpool hat on today, I'm going to say outright, you know, they have looked good. You know, that young, you know, player that they've got, Mason Greenwood, he's done some amazing stuff and he scored two goals the other day. Um, and both of which were outstanding. And let's not forget, he's only 18 years old. He's got a long way to go and he's got a bright future. Looks like Shoskar is really, you know, liking him. And he's going to be giving him a good run in the, in the team as well. Which makes it a lot better to, for him. You know, he's got a lot to, you know, work on still. Um, which most young players do. You know, there's certain things that he can still improve. But overall, he's looking great. He's looking like he is... The real deal. <clears throat> you know, and then you've got Bruno Fernandes, who's just... I think it's fair to say that he makes them tick now. The way he plays, the way he's just like... Constantly looking a threat to the opposition, always looking for the ball. When he gets the ball, gets the passes in, you know. And he's got the best out of Pogba now. I mean, wow, Pogba. You know, who would have thought that Pogba coming back like this? You know, he's got a smile on his face. Um, and he's just enjoying football once again. He's enjoying... I think what's happened to him is that he's just... You know, he's alongside a good player like Bruno Fernandes. He's obviously seeing that, oh, wow, this guy has made us look good. And if he can do it, I can do it. And he's just turned around and he's upped his game. And you can see the results now. And the likes of Martial, I mean, he's smiling. Martial hasn't smiled for a long time. And for him to just come out and play football and score goals on a regular basis now. And he's, you know, really, you know, putting in the performances, being a constant threat alongside Rashford as well. Rashford is just, you know, he he's clinical, you know, when he's in front of goal, he can. He scores, he passes, he moves, and he's just united through and through, as you know. So, yeah, they are looking a lot better now. Yeah, they're a bit suspect at the back still. You know I mean? Always room for, to improve at the back. They do need to strengthen at the back. I mean, I think Harry Maguire, he really does lack, you know, pace. Um, and sometimes he does get caught out. Um, and yeah, they definitely need to improve at the back, you know, um, you know, especially central defence, they definitely really need to have a look at his partner for Maguire, someone that's going to like be able to, you know, a bit of a backup, 
if Maguire can't, you know, if he's not able to pick up someone, someone to just take on the baton and say, listen, I'm going to, I've got this, don't worry. That kind of player, Maguire definitely needs someone to give him a little bit of extra help. Um, you know, the goalkeeper, David De Gea, he's, he's good, but he does make mistakes as well, as we know. So they are, that's the rooms, you know, that that's where they need to improve. And I think we can all safely say that they do definitely need to look at their defence. Midfield, as you can see, they're, they're looking strong down there. Up front, they look strong. And yes, you know, coming, coming off the bench, they need a bit of improvement there. But they're looking good. I mean, I think next season we'll see the real test. I mean, this season... It's very difficult for anyone to analyse any team this season because um, of how things have panned out where we've had pretty much a season and then another mini-season within a season. So it's 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 a bit of a stop-start one. So, you know, some teams, Manchester United, if they had the injuries that they had when they were in March, would they have performed as well as they are doing now? Possibly not as good. So... Yeah, to have them players back that they needed, you know, the likes of Rashford who had an injury in March and he's recovered and he's back now. Um, that could have been a bit of an issue for them if the season was as resumed in March as it should have. So, yeah, I mean, a lot to talk about today in terms of United. We're going to be speaking to our guest, Bab from America once again, for live from Washington, D.C. I'm going to be giving her a call, having a chat with him, and he's going to be basically just going through what he's... What he thinks so far. Um, Arsenal, surprise win against Wolves. No one saw that one coming. That was quite exciting. I mean, to be honest, I, I didn't expect Arsenal to come away with two points. I mean, three points um, with two goals against Wolves. Um, Adama Traore didn't have the effect that he usually has. Um, could it be fatigue? Possibly. I mean, could you know they? Or was it just Arsenal just? playing how they should and, you know, just actually performing and listening to Arteta. Is he getting the best out of his team now? Has he worked out who his team is? Um, difficult to say at the moment because with Arsenal right now, we don't know their best team. Obama Yang's future is still up in the air, as we know, along with Lacazette, you know, and a lot of them in that team, to be honest, Mustafi, uh, David Luiz, you know, all these players still got a lot to um, discuss about them, whether they're going to be continuing with the club or whether Arteta is going to be given some money um, to improve on his team. Uh, who knows? I mean, at the moment, everyone's just glad that football's up and running again and we're getting we're getting the football played. Um, looks like um, things are pretty much under control in terms of COVID-19, the testing's you know, being done frequently and um, not many positives um, are coming out of it. So it's in terms of um, the tests, you know, everyone's, you know, pretty, you know, okay at the moment. And there's no issues there. So it's uh, looking good in that front. So I'm glad that the Premier League have sorted that out. And, you know, along with the FA and everyone else, just working along to make sure that we get off the game that we love, you know, up and running and, Fully, you know, we can finish the league. We know that the, the title's been decided now. We know that Liverpool's won the league. But there's still a lot to go through in terms of who's going to get the final Champions League place um, and who's going to get relegated. The relegation battle still looking strong. I mean, it's fair to say that Norwich is going to be out. Uh, um, I can't see them picking up many points. They are constantly losing games. They haven't, they haven't won since the restart, which is worrying for them I mean they need wins and they need wins fast but really realistically speaking I think they're going to be the first team to be relegated um, I think Bournemouth are heading the same way as well um, and then you've got Aston Villa West Ham I think they're the other two that are really really looking at it I think Brighton will be okay but I think West Ham still you know they've done alright you know they've they've won a f they, they beat Chelsea and they've got a draw against Newcastle, which has eased the pressure slightly. But again, with West Ham, they still, I think they need a, 
a couple of wings to be safe, safe, you know, to be sure to be not relegated, which I think they can do. You know, if they can get to the 30, 36 points, I believe it is. Um, most teams have survived with 36 points in the last few seasons. So if they get to there, they'll be all right. But I'm pretty sure they've got a few points there that they can gain with the fixtures remaining. And yeah, it's, it's, it is tough for the teams at the back um, in the relegation battle. But they're doing, yeah, they're doing well. They're doing, they're getting on with it now. So it's it's looking good um, in terms of the relegation battle. And we're going to see how that pans out. Um, yeah, it's, we're going to be speaking to Bav. And um, he's he's uh, he's gonna, he's gonna have a good chat with us. We're gonna have a lot to talk about with Bab and see what he says about what's happened so far. Um, we're gonna try and get my son on um, at some point today as well in the in the third seg- segment because um, I think he wants to be a regular fixture in the show as well. Now he he likes talking about football. He loves the show. So yeah, he's gonna be a part of it as well. And it gives a good chance for our younger listeners as well. The young, young, um, young kids, you know, the young, young ones like to let let them hear them talk about sport as well. And he definitely wants to be a part of this, and he is really interested in football. He loves Liverpool Football Club, so he likes to, you know, sits there watches every single game with me. He loves to put his shirt on and his you know full kit on. So yeah, he'll give us a little quick little brief intro on what he thinks about how things are going so far. He was a bit upset when Liverpool lost against Man City. I told him not to worry, son. We've won the league, so let's just relax and just let the Man City take take this one for once. Um, yeah, and he was happy that uh, Liverpool won today, which was good for him to see because he, he was really upset the other day. So it was nice that Liverpool got a win today. I mean... Yeah, but hook of our crook, we we got a victory today, which was good. Um, yeah, it's it's been great to watch football now, and uh, you know the weather's been pretty decent the last couple of days. So yeah, it's been great. Um, so yeah, guys, a lot to talk about again. It's exciting. I'm just you can hear it in my voice. Let's face it, it is back. You know, and every time I think about what what we've seen this week. And the week before, and the week before. It just makes me feel so great that the times that we didn't have football for last, you know, you know, from pretty much mid-March all the way down to June, you know, it was just tough not having any football on. So a lot, to, we had a lot of reflection time and everyone realised we need football back. Um, the government's announced that the restaurants and the pubs are now going to be open and fully up and running so I'm sure there's going to be a lot to talk about in the pubs as well now and in restaurants and everywhere else out there and the people are going to be a little bit more buoyant and a little bit more happier and a bit more cheerful because not only do we have football back but we can actually go places now so and the borders are going to be open so there's a lot a lot of stuff happening now out there so it's great to great to see great to great to see that things are moving on and we're actually getting on with things. It's great. Um, but yeah, a lot to talk about. And guys, make sure you keep tweeting us. And you can tweet me, Raz Patel one um, on my Twitter feed. And if you have any questions, you can always ask me. Um, and if you've got anything that you want me to talk about in particular, I had a friend of mine, who, Arif, who I worked with. And one of the things he came up with was that I don't... I am very biased towards... Um, Liverpool and also my co- my friend that's with me on the show, Bab. We talk about Liverpool and Arsenal a lot, but we don't really mention Manchester United. So in particular, this this episode, I will be talking more about Manchester United, and just you know, it has been a good good couple of weeks back for him now. So yeah, we are going to be talking about Amarif. So yeah, thank you for tuning in, and yeah, guys, I'll be back with the next part of this next segment. And uh, getting Bav on the call and see what Bav has to say today. Be right back. Welcome back, guys. Uh, yeah, just going to be speaking to Bav. We've got Bav live from America and Washington, D.C. And he's going to be talking to us about how he thinks the week went so far. Good afternoon. Good evening, Bav, actually. How you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? 
Yeah, very well. Thank you. Uh, thank you to uh, thank you once again for coming on the show, Raz's football show. Um, just wanted to quickly speak to you about how you think the week went um, in terms of football and you know how how you finding the season so far. Uh, season's moving fast. I mean, funnily enough, what there's only five games left, right? And when we spoke about four weeks ago, you know, we we're obviously talking about a bunch of games for the summer, but. It looks like, you know, we've got about another month or so to enjoy it and then, uh, you know, the current season ends and then, I guess, uh, let the powers that be for each respective league figure out when the new season will start again. So that's a bit of a grey area, but, you know, let's enjoy it while we can. I think this week's been a bit of a unusual week, right? I mean, nobody forecasted Liverpool to get thrashed 4-0, um, but to be quite frank, Liverpool were more or less thinking about being at the beach, in my opinion. Man City today, you know, nobody expected Southampton to beat them, and they did. I, I watched the first half, and it just looked like you know, Southampton made it tough for them. But I think Gabriel Jesus is, is not the long-term answer for City. Um, it seems like, from what I saw earlier, it seems like he gets in the way with Sterling and even, you know, Bernardo Silva, and he just doesn't create enough space for himself but then again you know he's he's young and he's learning from Aguero so maybe he'll improve next year before the year after once Aguero is actually out of the picture um, and then I think the form team right now is uh, Man United if you look at the last five games one four drawn one so yeah definitely the most informed team in the league probably followed by Chelsea and then probably Arsenal so you know, it seems like the teams that are going for those Champions League spots are hitting form at the right time of the year. And, you know, some of the teams, as we mentioned before, you know, like Sheffield United are falling away. And then the relegation side of things, I think, you know, the teams that are on three right now, Aston Villa, Bournemouth and Norwich, can't buy a goal. So, you know, we look at West Ham and Watford, and those two teams actually have some decent players. So, yeah, they may struggle for a few games, but they've got enough you know, goal scorers in those respective teams to get them out. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, you you say, um, uh, what do you call it? You said Manchester United um, being, a, a, you know, in the most informed team right now. I totally agree with you. In, in terms of United and the way they've come out of the block since the restart of the season, it's been great to watch. If I'm honest with you, and I'm not going to be biased, um, you know, as a Liverpool fan, I have to admire some of the football that United played this season. Especially, uh, I really enjoy watching Bruno Fernandes play. And also, the fact that he's bringing out the best out of Pogba, which I've started noticing. Um, and I don't know if you've noticed as well. You know, previous like to March, you know, whenever he had played, um, he's come on and he's looked a bit annoyed. You know, not smiling, not really like, happy about things. Now he's got a smile on his face and he's, they're all laughing away. It's almost like there's some sort of rejuvenation going on there or something. I don't know what's happened in the back uh, back in Carrington, but it looks like them guys really getting along again and everyone seems to be happy with each other. You see Anthony Martial, he couldn't get a smile out of him. Now you're looking at him, he's just constantly smiling away. That, that young kid, Mason Greenwood, whoa, 18 years old and he's looking really good. I have to admit. Um, yeah, they've, you know, I think a lot of the, uh, you know, attacking options are really flourishing right now. And, you know, it's not every single player in every single game. However, you know, they've got five, six goal scorers, which is, you know, more or less what you need. And if you even want to compare them to Bayern Munich, you can look at Bayern Munich's front six and they're all capable of scoring goals. And, you know, I think it's the same thing for Man United. And obviously Pogba, if you watch Pogba play for France, He's got superstars around him, and obviously, when you're playing with quality talent, it brings out the best in you. And then, Bruno Fernandes, you know, since he's come there, he's single-handedly uplifted that team. And I think he was the missing piece in that offensive jigsaw. And you know, even Mason Greenwood, uh, his his finishing is unbelievable. He he actually strikes the ball as clean as Robin Van Persie, and he's got a bit of Van Persie and a bit of a Michael Owen combined in him. Yeah. Now, it's only been a few games, but let's see. But highly rated, um, Solskjaer rates him very highly, yeah. Mourinho rated him very highly. So the future's looking good. And I, and I think, I don't know if you noticed, a few weeks ago, Oli said that 
he was looking to buy a striker, and obviously he mentioned that because when he played, he had obviously himself, Sheringham, York, and Cole, and maybe just saying, saying that has actually given some of these guys a kick up the rear end, especially someone like Anthony Martial, who has all the talent in the world and and has had his times where he's really been great. But it's, I think the consistency is the big part. But once you know, there's talk of another striker potentially coming on board. That's going to make these guys, you know, take it up another notch or two. No, I definitely agree. I mean, they still got work to do at the back. Let's face it. Um, Harry Maguire isn't the answer to their central defence. He hasn't got the pace. Um, and he definitely needs a partner at the back who's going to kind of like partner him and basically just reassure things that when Harry Maguire's not there, that, you know, don't worry, I've got this. I've, I've got it covered. You know, a little bit like Van Dyke. When, when Van Dyke's there... Other people around him know that, you know what, we've got him covering us, you know. So the likes of Joel Matip or Gomez, if they are struggling, you've got Van Dyke there to clean up, you know. Um, and that allows the, the wing-backs to go forward. But I don't think the defence of United has got that apart. You know, they actually haven't got that, to be honest. So No, and, and I think, you know, as far as that United defence goes, you know, right back with... Uh, Aaron Wynn, Bissaka, they're fine. You know, Maguire will be centre-back number two. I mean, obviously, they splashed out 80 million on him. And, you know, even if they put him up for sale, they're not getting that 80 million back. No. You know, there's a reason why Man City dropped out of the negotiations because they knew he was not worth that sort of money. And, you know, Leicester knew at the time. He went from, yeah, we went from Leicester to Man United, right? So, yeah. Leicester knew that Man United were desperate. And I think nowadays... You know, when there's any big team interested, the player, let's say the player's worth 50 million, they'll figure out a way to get 25, 30, 40% extra. And because and, they've got the money and they're desperate, so they'll pay it. But they need to sort out that left sided defence and also the left back position. So Luke Shaw, he's done okay, but there's still a big bit of a question mark around him. And for me, there's, I think there's three realistic players that they could acquire. Number one is Koulibaly, I've mentioned him. You know, many many times. Yeah. Uh, the other option is the the guy from Inter Milan, Milan Skriniar, the Slovakian. I don't know if you've been following him. And then there's a guy that's got Premiership experience that may not be the long term solution, but will be a solution for a couple of years. Nathan Aki, and obviously, you know, being an Arsenal fan, I want Nathan Aki to join Arsenal once, born to get relegated, because you and I both know a lot of these guys once they're relegated, they've got a clause in their contract that says, okay, my valuation will be slashed by 50% or whatever it is. And then, you know, if a premiership team that's in the top six, top eight, top ten comes in for me, you have to sell. Yeah. So I think United are just a couple of players potentially away. I think they could probably do with another holding midfielder. But Fred's actually been pretty impressive as well. So, And then they've got McTominay, they've got Matic, and obviously with the games coming thick and fast, they're rotating pretty well. Yeah. But they still don't have the squad... That's as good as Liverpool or Man City's. I mean, you know, Man City's squad is just astronomically ahead of Liverpool, and don't take it the wrong way. But you know, Man City, as I've said before, they've literally got a B team that could come in and probably compete in the Premier League for probably a top four spot. That's how good they are. Yep. Yeah, well, they are really good. I mean, but they do have their um, their flaws as well. I mean, we saw it today, um, and yeah. it was. Um, yeah, it was quite reassuring for the rest of the league, for sure, that, you know what, like anyone can beat anyone. I mean, that's pretty much what's going on right now, you know. Chelsea yeah, lost to West Ham the other day. Yeah, and that's why I've attracted so many viewers to the Premiership, right? Because, you know, if you look at some of the other leagues, you know, in Germany, it's just one team. In Spain, it looks like it's heading to be one team for the near future, especially if Messi ends up leaving Barcelona, which, I don't know, if you're a Barca fan, what, what are your thoughts on that? I just don't see it happening, Bav. Um, I'll, I'll say this again and again and again. There's always going to be like, speculation around Messi, but his heart and his soul has always been Barca and he's going to remain Barca. I don't, think, I don't even think there's any point in him going anywhere else because he's already reached a peak of his powers You know, in the last, what, how many years we're going to say? 15 years he's been yeah. playing football um, at the top of the game. I think it's time he can just like take it easy now and um, if he's going to leave yeah he should just go somewhere like MLS or something where he can just do a job somewhere I think he's no point trying to come to the premiership because 
he hasn't got much left now. Uh, he's what, 34? Uh, another season or two? Yeah, where where is he going to go? He'll go to Man City, play under Pep Guardiola? I don't know. I don't see that working out. Uh, I don't think he's going to the Premiership, but I've got a little theory that he could end up at Juventus. Him and CR7 could just fool around for a couple of years, win a bunch of titles, maybe go after Champions League with Juve and call it a day and then they can both go their respective routes to the MLS or Qatar or China or wherever and get that big... Pay. I mean, they've both got plenty of money, but, you know, every footballer is obviously out there looking for more. Well, there's a theory. Imagine Napoli do a Maradona. Hmm. Yeah. That's I, it. I, that could happen, but, um, you know, hmm. but then if he goes to Napoli, he's, you know, he's always been compared to Maradona, right? And, yep. you know, you, ha you have your opinion that Messi is the GOAT and, you know, everyone's going to have five or six different opinions. But at the end of the day, Maradona won a World Cup and Messi hasn't. It's as simple as that. Yeah. No, no, no. Well, you know, we're, I, I still think he is the greatest of all time. And I'll, I'll, I'll say this until he probably retires and someone else comes and takes on the baton. But for me right now, hands down, he's the best. So, so, you know, I know you're a big Mbappe fan, but let me just, you know, I'm going to talk about, like, the 10 hot hot prospects around Europe, right, that are obviously playing for big clubs. So, you, you know, you've got Jao Felix, uh, who's not really getting much playing time at Atletico right now, and, and I kind of question his move, you know. Simeone has started to play a little more attacking football, but Diego Simeone teams just don't excite me as a viewer. I mean, what do you think? No, no, no. They, they, they're the kind of team that, if I describe them as a team, it's more like a, a kind of a Tottenham type of team, if you know what I mean. You know, what, oh, like a Mourinho-Chelsea team. You know, they'll get the results. But which Chelsea? The, the first Chelsea or the second Chelsea team? I would say the first one. Nah, I don't think so. I think that first team was solid because if you recall back in the day, they had Damien Duff on one ring one wing and Iron Robin on another and they were creating goals and scoring goals for fun but they weren't and scoring yeah they were scoring goals but they weren't scoring at, you know there were times that they would win so some days it would be like a 3-4-0 win then there would be like a, a run of games where they will win 1-0 1-0 1-0 yeah so I mean I'm right. talking about in terms of the way they played it was more solid at the back and more like you know kind of team that won the midfield battles rough up teams, make sure that they they outpower the other team. And I think that's what Atletico's whole motive is, that they just rough up teams and make sure that they don't, you know, especially in the Champions League, I've, I've watched them a lot more in the Champions League and I've always found that they're kind of that kind of team where they will just like out, try and outpower, outmuscle the opposition and may, basically stop the opposition playing the way that they like to play. So if you're passing around... They are happy to sit back and just let you come at them. And then they just break it up and they'll just move forward, kick the ball up and then hopefully one counter and score. That's the kind yeah. of team they are. And it doesn't excite me. It's not like watching Man City or even the Liverpools, uh, you know, or even as, as recent as now, you know, watching, you know, Manchester United or watching Dortmund. You know, Dortmund's a team that excites me because they, they do play exciting football. I know... They lost the league, but I thought the way they played football was amazing. I mean, something. Yeah. The way they So there was talk before the, well, I guess before COVID kicked in truly around Europe that João Felix was being offered to Premier League clubs and one club was willing to put a bid in. Any idea or any, what's, what's your theory? Who do you think that club may have been? Um, I, would, I would have thought I would have been Chelsea. Yeah, I think Chelsea makes sense. It's the sort of... Because they, they more or less play, obviously, Abraham or Giroud up front with two or three literally behind, right? So I think, yeah, that probably made sense because Man City don't need him. Man United, I don't see him getting in that team. And Liverpool, probably not either. Yeah. Federico Valverde, Real Madrid. What are your thoughts on him? Do you think he's got the potential to be the long-term solution in that midfield? Um, but if I'm honest with you, I haven't watched enough of him to even comment yeah. on that one. Um, Erling Haaland, I'm not going to say much about him. He, he's a goal-scoring machine, but I, I don't think it's fair that he's been 
compared to you know Ronaldo R9. I, I just Ronaldo R9 and early Carlo. It's, <laughs> it's like comparing a Bentley and a Fiat. Sorry. No, I, I totally agree. I mean R9. Well, you know, me and you are massive admirers of R9, so. Um, we might sound a bit biased on this one, and probably rightfully so. But Highland's a great player, no doubt about it. And he's got a, he's got a lot to offer. I mean, he's a he's a natural finisher. You can tell that he's, you know, whatever um, whatever he's picked up from from was it Leipzig. Um, he's obviously taken that on to Dortmund as well, and he's doing yeah. he's doing good. He's doing well, and I think. For us to see as viewers what what he's going to turn out to be and what kind of goal scorer and where his next move's going to be, he needs a couple of seasons still. He's still very young. He's what? Yeah, right. I think at some point, some point, yes, nineteen twenty. Some point next season, someone's going to hit that sixty-five k buyout and just snap him up, and you know it, it's going to be one of the big five six clubs for sure. What about this uh, Donnarumma kid in Italy? You know, obviously he's been playing for AC Milan. I think for the goalkeeper Donnarumma. Yeah. Yeah, since the age of 17, and he's 21, 22 now. Um, I think, you know, there are a couple of Premier League teams that could do with a goalkeeper. Um, name me a team that needs a goalkeeper in the Premier League that can afford him. Man United springs to mind. Obviously, they've got Dean Henderson, but David De Gea is not the long-term solution. But then... David De Gea, who on earth is going to buy him? It's, it's highly likely that he'd end up going to a Spanish club. Exactly. But, but someone someone would snap up Donnarumma, but again, I, I don't know if anyone's willing to pay this. I think Donnarumma is probably going to end up like ending up at something like Juventus, to be honest. Actually, no one. Nah, maybe not even Juventus. I think Chelsea's a perfect fit because Kepa's not Kepa, Kepa's not cutting it. Frank Lampard's not a big fan. I think that makes sense. Could make happen. Could 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 happen. I mean, yeah. I, I I tell you what, he's a great goalkeeper. I've seen a bit of him and. He, look, he looks like he's got a lot of potential. Um, he's still pretty young, so he's got a long way to go, and it will be a good time for someone like a Chelsea. Shall I? I mean, I'm going to put this out there. I think Arsenal need a new goalkeeper, if I'm honest with you. Um, yeah, I think... Um, you guys just don't have the money. We just don't have the money. We, we, we need to strengthen other areas. You know, Martinez is coming for a couple of games. He's done okay. You know, I'm not jumping on the Arsenal bandwagon that, you know, everything's rosy. Yeah, let's see if we can finish out the season and actually qualify for a European spot. And like I said before, if we don't, it's not the end of the world. It's probably the best thing in hindsight just to go a season and, you know, get a couple of players brought in. But we're not in a position to fork out 60, 70 million on the goalkeeper. If we're going to spend that sort of money, we should go after Matthias De Ligt from Juventus because he's not always getting the sort of playing time that he's expected. And he's rotating with, you know, Chiellini and Bonucci. So... Going back to Highland, I mean, going yeah. back to Highland, I, I was just, just, you know, something sprung to mind. I mean, Highland would be uh, a good little, good fit, especially with a manager like Jurgen Klopp. I could see that happening in the future, where Highland comes in, because although Firmino's been amazing, yeah, he's not the... He's not going to get you 20, 30 goals. Um, but you, you don't need that because you've got the other guys that are getting those numbers anyway. So but, at the end of the day, it's, it's a front three effort. And a lot of people are very critical of Firmino. But he does a lot of the grafting, grafting work. If if Firmino was playing in a team and Messi and Ronaldo are either side of him, Messi and Ronaldo would score 40 goals each. No joke. Really? Yeah. But they do that anyway. <laughs> They do that, but I think if you, if you want to take it back to six, seven years ago when you know Messi and Ronaldo were truly in their prime, right? Because they're both what 32, 34 age range respectively. Yeah. But uh, Firmino does so much. He's a great. I mean, I'm a massive fan yeah. of him, but I'm just thinking long term. I think now for Liverpool right now where they are, we just need to keep strengthening now. I mean, just sticking by. I mean, just seeing what we saw against Man City, I think that was a bit of a, a wake-up call for Klopp that, you know what, we won the league, yeah, and by some distance as well, I, and it looks like it's going to increase that number by, by a significant amount, and we probably will get to that magic 100. But I, I still think that there are errors happening all the time, and sometimes I think that the front three 
do need a shake-up and do need a wake-up call because they were laboured, to say the least. So what about Kai Havertz from Leverkusen? He's basically the left-footed Thomas Muller and he's got a bit of Michael Ballack in him. No, I have seen him and he does look good on the ball. I have seen him and he does look good, but I don't know if... I want to go for top end now, you know, and I think Haaland is in that range of the top top end players now, you know, the most sought after ones, and that's what I yeah. want to go for I, I, I mean, I'm saying for Liverpool it's all about the likes of Kylian Mbappe and I've said that name so many times Koulibaly, um, again another one um, you know, and maybe a nice, uh, a, you know a, a Jadon Sancho would do the job that's, that's yeah. Liverpool where they need to be right now to Liverpool, sorry. Uh, Jadon Sancho, yeah, you could probably acquire him. But think about Jadon Sancho, right? I've been watching quite a lot of Dortmund and I know you have. He plays on the wings at times, but he's, he's actually very, very good down the middle. Yeah. So think, if he went to Man United or Liverpool, is he really going to get in the team to play down the middle? Because I don't see him going to Man United and dislodging Bruno Fernandes or Pogba from the team, and nor do I see him go to Liverpool and getting in above Fabinho or Ronaldo. Well, our midfield still needs to be improved, um, and and I do feel like sometimes we're, especially on the right side, we're quite reliant on Alexander Arnold doing the the wing work. Yeah, um, his predominant job is, and I've said this for a long time, that as good as he is going forward and assisting and doing all of that, he's still a you know a defender. So we do yeah. need someone in front of him who's going to be his kind of like a partner in terms of what they do together. Now, you know, Milner's getting on a bit, yeah? So we do, you've got to think about it, Bab. People, teams, we need two teams. Like you said it in, at the beginning of the segment, you said Man City have two teams. Liverpool don't have two teams. So to have someone, even Jadon Sancho needs to know, you might not get every game, but the way the Premiership is, it's not like the German League where you can, you can play every single game. Some in the Premiership, a lot of teams need to rotate players because you've got the Champions League, you've got the cup runs, and we need to be that team that are going to be in all competitions, you know, for most of the season. Yeah, and to have players like that being able to come on, it's be, it's been great to see like Oxlade Chamberlain getting getting a run in the games, you know, running the team as well when he comes on, and he I think players like that appreciate their role now because they realise that's the kind of players they are now. Injuries, stuff like that's going to happen throughout the season. So Jaden Sancho will get his appearances and will get his games. So I think yeah. he will definitely get chances to come on and show what he's made of. And with a team like Liverpool in so many competitions, we do need to be acquiring better players and continuing that run because otherwise we're just going to be that team that are going to be in that li that league of one hit wonders. You know, the likes of Leicester, Blackburn. That's where we're going to be, and I don't want to be that team. And I, I think I think you guys have a pretty bright future, and, and I'll throw this out there: if if you are looking for someone to play in front of TAA, uh, you guys should go and get Marco Verratti from PSG because I, I I've heard that he's ready to head out. I mean, there's a lot of players in uh, PSG that are looking to head out. Um, if I'm honest with you, there's a few of them. Um, but good thing about Verratti, he can play PSG and Liverpool more or less play the same formation. Yeah. So Verratti plays on that right side of that midfield where Henderson or Milner plays, and that would be perfect cover for TAA. Or the other option is there's Klopp. You've got Nathaniel Klein. You could play him at right back and put TAA in front to play midfield. I mean, let's face it, he's taking you know all the free kicks, and he is more or less playing like you know a wide midfielder as opposed to a, you know a fullback. So that, that could be an idea. That is my problem, though. He's doing way too much. And, I, and, I, that, that, and I've noticed that now he's starting to do pretty much all the set pieces, you know, be it yeah. a corner, be it a, um, a free kick. And I think we do need another player that we can just like say, listen, TAA, you sit back, concentrate on the back for a little while. Um, and he can come on, take the odd corner, take the odd free kick. But there needs to be another guy that's going to be taking a lot more of him. Yes, he's got an amazing foot, but we need more. Yeah. Yeah, we've spoken about a lot of you know young talent, and I think the guy that stands out for me, and I hate to say this, you know, being a Barca fan, 
Vinicius Junior from Real Madrid. Yes. He looks better than Eden Hazard, straight up. Yeah, um, yeah, Zidane yeah. said, I think, Zidane said something along the lines that he's not playing Hazard in the league for the rest of the season. He just wants to give him a chance to get fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, Real Madrid, their youngsters are coming on now and they, they're looking good. And I think with Zidane, that's where he's looking to do and what he's looking to do is just bring out the youth players. I've noticed that he's bringing on a lot of youth from the academy and stuff and it's looking good. I mean, he is a good player. I haven't seen enough of him to say it, if I'm honest with you, but yeah, I've, I saw one or two games and I thought, wow. Yeah, Hazard is going to get a run for his money, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, we've talked about a lot about Liverpool in this segment, so let's move on from Liverpool and Real Madrid and let's talk about one of the big things. What's going to happen about the Champions League? Is it going to happen? Uh, well, Man City and uh, Real Madrid still have that second leg to play. Uh, this talk that that's probably going to happen in Portugal. I don't know where, but let's just assume it's in Lisbon. Uh, Chelsea played Bayern Munich. I think Bayern are three or four up, so that's already done. Uh, I, so, what are you asking who's going to win, or...? What is your question? My question is, who's first of all, is it really is it going to start up again? Because they haven't even decided when we're going to start watching the games, Champions League games, have they? No, I, I think the draw is on July 10th, from what I read. So that's what's obviously some point this week. So I'm still sticking with, a, it, for me, it's the winner of Man City and Real Madrid. And Real Madrid, the odds are 35 to 1. That's, you know, I, I don't gamble, but for those gamblers out there, that's a good... You put 100 quid on Real Madrid, you, you might have a nice return. And I know Bayern and Man City are fav- joint favourites at 3-1. to one. Wait, who else is in there? So you've got, you've got Bayern, Man City, you've got PSG, uh, Juventus, Napoli, Barcelona, and then, well, Real Madrid are there, but let's assume they beat Man City, you know. For me, like I've said, the winner is coming from the Man City Real Madrid game. I think Atletico is still in there. Well, yeah, they are because they knocked out your team. And Atalanta's in there, but I think Atalanta they have. I think they're playing someone. I can't recall from my head. And uh, RB Leipzig is in there as well. Yeah. So with that many teams, there's obviously one or two legs that still need to be played and figured out. I mean, Man City. They're going to be putting everything in for to win the Champions League, I think. Especially like the way they have lost the league this season. It's fair to say that their focus is going to be purely on winning the Champions League. Yeah, That's what Pep exactly. Guardiola... And it'll, it'll be a reverse of what Liverpool did last year. So Liverpool obviously winning the Champions League, Man City win the Premier and you know, be switched this time round. If yeah. Sergio Aguero is fit, because... Gabriel Jesus, I know something about him, he just seems a little lethargic at times. Yeah, he does. I said that exact same thing. He looks lethargic to, to say. He just looks a yard or two off the pace as well. There was a couple yeah. of balls that came into him and he just didn't get to him on time. It looks almost like... Sometimes he even looks a bit, you know... Disinterested. Yeah. Like, you know, does he really want to play for Man City? Is he looking for a move to, like, Real Madrid or something? Who knows? Nah, Real Madrid, Barcelona, I, I'm not touching him. Nah. Not with uh, his record. Really. He, he might be a decent fit in Serie A. I could see Juventus. Because Juventus need a number nine. There's no denying that. Because, you know, Ronaldo can't play. You know, he's lost his legs now, right? So, yeah. he's going to have to, you know, play up front with someone like Higuain or Benzema or someone of that calibre that can hold the ball up, you know, win it in the air, nod it down. I read something earlier about... Uh, what's the guy that used to play for Bayern Munich? I can't recall his name. Uh, the striker. He also played for Juventus and he scored a crazy goal in the Champions League final a few years ago. Uh, great Croatian guy, Mario Mandzukic, yeah. Mandzukic, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, he's terminated his contract in Qatar, so he's a free agent soon. But Mandzukic played for Juventus, didn't he? So He did, yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of teams that are looking for a striker as a short-term fill. Where could you see Mandzukic going if he ended up in the Premier League? So I'll tell you where he would go. He would end up where? with somewhere like Man City. I mean, not Man City. Sorry, I'm going to say I say this again. He would end up somewhere like um, a West Ham. West Ham? I don't think so. 
I, I really do. I, I mean, I, I don't think he's the kind of player that's going to get into the top five. That's for sure. No, I, th- I think there's a couple of teams in the top five that would just take him just to keep him on the bench. Really? Mario Mandzukic is an upgrade over Divock Origi. Yeah, but Liverpool won by Mandzukic. <laughs> no way. They won't be paying anything for him. It'll be a free transfer, so if he wants 150k a week, sign him to a one-year deal, and it, it's it's still not a bad deal all round. Hmm, that's an interesting one. I have to give a call to Klopp and see what he says. Yeah, good, good luck with that. Let us know how that goes. No, no, honestly, that, that's not a bad shot, actually, for a B-team player, yeah. Because that's what yeah. he would, you know, let's be honest. He can come off the bench, and he might get us, you know, when we're losing 1-0, and we need to get a draw. Last 10, 15 minutes, he can come on and potentially help us, like, get a draw or get a win or whatever, you know? Yeah. Is that kind you know, of Man City, Man City could do with him. Edin Dzeko was never replaced. There's no height in that front line. Yeah. I think all of them are under six foot. Sergio, Gabriel, uh, Raheem, Bernardo Silva, all of them. Phil Foden, they're all... They don't have the physicality up front. Perfect team for Mandzukic, where yeah. he would be a perfect fit. Barcelona. They need uh, they need a guy like him who can just yeah. come up and you know let's face it everyone in Barcelona right now the front it's it's not where it should be and he can come off the bench and do something and they they let's face it they don't have money right now I don't I don't yeah. see, they would they could do with a player like that and they, they they that's the kind of talent that they're looking at right now from what I'm hearing now. I, I I don't know if uh, Manzukic. I think uh, I don't know if you saw the game earlier. They won four one. They beat Villarreal, and Villarreal is no, you know, Mickey Mouse team in Spain. So you know they're always top six there or thereabouts. And uh, Griezmann scored a pretty stunning goal. Suarez scored a good one as well. And Sufati scored, and I'm assuming Messi scored the first or had a hand in some of those goals for sure. So it looks like you know after these alleged rumours of him leaving and the coach. You know, throwing Griezmann under the bus publicly has brought the team together. Maybe that's what was needed, but the title race is over, and unless they buy some young players, they're not going to be challenging next year, in my opinion. And it, it hurts to say that, because, you know, Zidane is not exactly known to be a La Liga specialist, he's a Champions League specialist. Well, um, what's the points difference now? I think it's six or seven, if I'm not mistaken. Real Madrid Barca, six or seven points. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Well, 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 well. It's lots happened in the last couple of weeks, Bab. Yeah, you don't pay attention. You, f- you fall behind on these things. Yeah, it's been too much football to focus on. If I'm honest with you, I've been, I've been pretty much interested in just watching the Premier League. If I'm honest with you. Yeah. Um, Sorry, no. It's actually four points, but then you know, with the head-to-head. That's because in Spain they do it a bit different, right? They yeah. don't look at goal difference first. They look at the head-to-head first. And Barcelona has won, well, sorry, lost both times to Madrid, which isn't normal. Um, but yeah, this season, it has been a bit of a difficult season for Barcelona, especially after the restart. It's been a bit up and down. Um, yeah, it's but... the coach. The, co- the coach was never a right fit. And, no. And, and Xavi has re-signed another year with the team in Saudi, sorry, not Saudi, in Qatar. So, he may not be coming. Ronald Koeman was actually spotted in Barcelona last week looking for an apartment. So, you know. I don't know if I want Ronald Koeman at Barcelona. Yeah, I I don't think. Ronald Koeman has a good reputation and obviously played for the team. But he didn't really do so. He did very well at Southampton. And he did well in the Dutch leagues prior to that. But he made a... He didn't do very many good things at Everton and he actually left the club in a bit of a disarray situation so yeah, yeah I'm not sure I think uh, Max Allegri's out there he's proven go and get him go get Max Allegri yep 100% go and get Max Allegri I would and we all know that you know Italian players don't necessarily do well in Spain or Italian managers don't necessarily do well in Spain but a good manager will always find a way yeah I think Ancelotti did alright in Spain. He did alright. Uh, didn't he win the league yeah. with Real Madrid? Ancelotti's won the league more or less everywhere he's managed. Milan, Juventus, Real. I bet it still Bayern hurts Munich. not getting Ancelotti, right? Of course, man. Ancelotti, he doesn't care. He's, he'll go in and sort all these egos out because the dressing room is 
full of all these divas. You know, they talk about their wives being divas, but a lot of these players are divas as well. Yeah. But no one talks about that. That's that's the biggest problem in most of these teams right now. You know, especially the Arsenal. You know, egos and divas. How are you yeah, going to tell? Yeah, let's see. Let's see what happens with Arsenal. In a few weeks, if we can get a winning run together, then things might be, you know, you know what, I, a little easier to swallow. I, I like Arteta though. I, I think he'll he'll get there eventually. I think he just needs time. I mean, this is the thing though, Bav, Right? I'm gonna. I'm. You know, something I really wanted to talk about. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna bring it up, and I'm glad that we kind of got to this stage. Um, giving time to managers is key. Now, a prime example of that is Southampton's manager, Housen Hotel. He was thrashed, you know, or Southampton were thrashed 9-0 by Leicester. Now, it was easy for him to get sacked. There would have been no complaints by anyone if he got sacked. But they stuck with him. And now you've seen the fruits of being sticking with the manager. He's actually getting the best out of his players. He hasn't got the best squad in the world, but he's making the most of the players he's got. And he's actually getting results. He beat Man City for crying out loud. That's a great achievement in itself. Now, who would have thought that after Man City? I mean, after Leicester thrashing them 9-0? No. No one, no. And he could and actually, have... even, even prior to that, he was on the cusp of getting fired. So, yeah, credit to him. He's turned it around. He's had a couple of players come back. You know, James Ward-Prowse, Nathan Redman. Yeah. But the difference has been Danny Ings. I mean, once you... You know, he's had a couple of... Major knee surgeries and you know he's had a couple of years pushing ligaments and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I think before Liverpool, where was he playing again? Burnley. Burnley. So we went from Burnley to Liverpool, and Liverpool, quite frankly, he didn't get a chance to play, and that's when he had his injuries. And then you know I think he hopped around a bit, and he's been at Southampton, and he's proven you know he's a very good finisher. And if very they didn't good. have Danny Ings, they would be in the bottom five or six right now fighting relegation. Hundred percent, Danny Ings. You know, and, and even, you know, look at some of these teams like Villa. Villa spent a lot of money, but they didn't... I think they spent £80 million, if I'm not mistaken. If you don't buy a proven goal scorer... Because you've got all these guys... Like, think of Dwight Gale at Newcastle as an example, right? Yeah, he's scored a couple of goals the last few games. Very good championship striker, but not able to step up to the Premier League. Exactly, yeah. I agree. So, you know, you can score 30 goals in the championship, which equates to 10 goals in the Premier League trying to survive you need to have a goal scorer that's going to put in 15 to 20 goals and that's where Southampton have benefited with Danny Ings now he's got a tough five or six fixtures left so let's see what happens but it was a good goal by Shea Adams I don't know if you saw that earlier literally from the halfway line no brilliant amazing goal I saw that and I thought it was pretty much instinctive um, and you know what good good one that was good I think that was his first goal and they've yeah. been waiting and he, he, was, he, he, he was bought for quite a high price a few years ago and yeah. highly rated and, and this is the problem with English players their values are just overinflated and they're overhyped so you know generally speaking it doesn't work out and this is why I hope you know Mason Greenwood and Eddie Enketiah don't get burnt out and it looks like both respective managers are big fans of them and they're playing them slowly so I think you know England's future is looking good right you've got those two You've yeah. got Hudson Odoi at Chelsea. Yeah, I know he's got you know some sort of rape allegation, which has not really resulted him in playing lately. But you've got Trent Alexander Arnold, Jaden Sancho, Mason Mount. There's obviously a few guys that have missed out, but um, Bukayo Sako. Yeah. So it, it, the the future is looking good from an attacking perspective for England, but defensively, England just isn't really producing defenders, and God yeah. knows what the reason for that is. But obviously, every every kid is always. You know, trying to replicate, you know, Messi, Ronaldo, Sancho, Greenwood, whomever. I don't. I think England needs to work from back to front. Right? We know we've got a front. We've got we've got good players up front. But I think I've always found. I, I don't know why. I don't think Pickford is the goalkeeping answer to England. I really don't like him. It's probably going to be Henderson. It, it needs to be Henderson. It has to be. Yeah. What's the other guy's name? Pope. Again, yeah, these guys are. I, I think they're miles better. I'm, I'm, and I'm maybe I'm being a bit disrespectful, and I'm not saying it because he's, he's an Everton player. Because as you well know, Liverpool and Everton we get along. We don't have that sort of rivalry. But I just think that Pickford. Every time I've seen him at England, he looked like he's he was a bit nervy, and you know it makes mistakes. You know it hasn't cost him too dearly, but. 
he makes mistakes and I think if we sort out the back and then we've got some good def central defenders so you know get Joe Gomez should be the centre back for England alongside Harry Maguire but it looks like they like Eric Dier and I, even lately Eric Dier is central defender and I'm like you've got Vertonghen and Alderweireld on the bench what the hell is going on so you know Spurs' demise is obviously joyful for my eyes and ears but Come on, man, think big picture. You've got better defenders near, yeah, they're old, but Eric Dier's not a central defender, he's a holding midfielder. He's a holding midfielder, exactly. And I, I wouldn't mind seeing him play holding midfield for England, but to see him, you know, in centre-back and stuff like that, it's just, it's just mind-boggling. You know, when you've got Joe Gomez, who's got pace to burn, uh, and yeah, Stones is great, but I, I think Stones, obviously, over the last few seasons, he's kind of, like, lacked confidence and he's made a few errors and stuff, and... Obviously, that's caused problems, and his injuries hasn't helped him. But he's, you know, we got we got three good players there. Why do we need to, you know, play people like Eric Dyer? And yeah. obviously, we have got the best right back in the world. You know, so use him. Get these players playing for England on a regular basis. Get them to work together, and let's get these egos out of England. That's the biggest thing. You know, having these, yeah. you know. You know, Mason Greenwood, if he's doing well, get him in. Give him a couple of games. Let's get these players. I, 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 th I think he will, but if, if you look at, you know, the England defence, left-back is Belden Chilwell, right-back is TIA, Maguire is going to be amazing. And I think, I think Gomez should be the right person. And besides Gomez, Eric Deere and I, I can't think of any other central defenders. Maybe Tyrone Mings, but I don't think... I think Tyrone Mings is going to have to be slowly... But Maguire's alright for England. I've seen Maguire. Yeah. He's better at England than he is at United, for some reason. Yeah, so what's the word on the Euros for next year? Is it still going to be scattered around 10, 12 cities, or are they going to just narrow it down to one country? And, or is that still... That's still under, under discussion, isn't it? Because we don't really know. Again, they just... Basically, everyone's waiting for this season to be over. Then the season after after this is over, they're going to discuss what's going to happen next season. How they're going to, whether the fans are going to be allowed back in, um, and obviously when once that's sorted out, then they can discuss Euros. Because I think yeah. they're not they're not in a position to discuss Euros right now. If I'm honest with you, I think, and rightfully so. Let's get the season over. No, I think everything will pan out eventually, and you know, if you've got the Euros next year and the following year, you've got the World Cup. We've got a couple of epic summers coming up well, actually no the World Cup is going to be in winter so that works well for me because I've, my World Cup fund is already you know <laughs> increasing in my dollar amounts I don't know about you if you've started one but it might be a good time even for the listeners if you think about going to the World Cup uh, if you get paid every two weeks try and save £100 or $100 every week and by the time that World Cup comes around you'll have a nice fund ready for that World Cup Financial advice from Bav. I like that. I like that. Now, it's good. I mean, I, I've I've not thought about going yet. If I'm honest with you, I, um, I I don't know. I, I really don't know if I want to go. If I'm honest with you, because the problem is, the World Cup, as great as it is, but it annoys the hell out of me watching England every year, every World Cup, every Euros. So it's just the same old stuff, you know. It just gets to the stage where you know I just I give up. You know, I would like to see England do a lot better, but they never do. Yeah, well, it's it's not always about your host country. Sorry, the home country that you follow. There are plenty of other good teams out there worth watching. Spain, yeah. you know, Netherlands, Brazil, Colombia, Argentina. You know, they all play decent football. My world team. Is I think I think, Ar Brazil. I think Argentina's the South American equivalent of England, straight up. You know, a lot of good players, a lot of fans that are just you know used to being disappointed you know, every two years or four years, depending on the tournament. Yeah, I mean, they, they just, they're, they're just a shambles, really. With the players they got, they could win the World Cup again and again and again, but the problem is, it's the tactics that the managers that they have use. It's like they yep. overload in the attack, they don't think about the defence, and it's the same old stuff. Every, every tournament is the same old stuff. I mean, we had 2014 when Messi took them to the final um, yeah. and that was a again it wasn't a great display but it was like you know they scraped it in to the scraped it to the final and then they got hammered anyway or they got beaten 
But Mark my words, if they had Diego Simeone as manager, they would have won the World Cup. Well, that's what they need. They need actually a manager that's going to actually pick up that team, you know, with, you know, by the scruff of the neck. And I think Simeone should go on. He's been at Atletico long enough now, and I think he needs to give it a go at you know Argentina because he was yeah. he is that kind of player, and that's what, and he was that kind of player, and he played his heart and soul for his country, and I think he should he should devote his heart and soul to the cause and actually help him win the World Cup. And maybe, maybe who knows, Messi might still win a World Cup. Yeah, fingers crossed. Hopefully if this uh, COVID situation gets under a little control and I can actually go somewhere, then my I think my first trip is to Argentina. Because you know I went to Brazil back in February and I went to the Maracanã and had a great time You know, actually watching the game out there. I really want to go to the Boca, Boca Junior Stadium and you know catch a game out there as well. Because it's got- so... It's so different in South America. You know, in Europe, yes, we have our, you know, hooligans and devoted fans, but South America is just on a different level. Yeah, they are. I mean, it's it's great watching. I mean, I've never been, but I've watched a lot of videos and documentaries, and I always see a lot of like young kids and stuff that kicking a ball around everywhere on the streets. Is that how it is, Bav? Yeah. Oh yeah. When, even when I went to Brazil, it was you know I was in Rio uh, at the Copacabana Beach and. It was amazing. I just ended up playing beach football with the locals and it was like a bucket check moment and these kids are so good and beach football is no joke and this is why you start to realise why these Brazilians have outstanding first touch compared to most yeah. others. No, it's great. I mean, it is, I've seen a bit of it and yeah, beach football is bloody tough. I mean, kicking a ball barefooted must hurt. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely hurts, yeah. <laughs> no, but... Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, a lot, a lot, obviously, still to come for the rest of the season. Um, obviously, uh, we still got the relegation battle to finish off, and I do think that Norwich, Bournemouth, I don't see them coming out of this. And I think and Norwich are gone. If if you saw the footage of the players yesterday after the game, yeah, uh, you know Todd Cantor sitting down, and and he should have been in the starting lineup from. First minute, and even someone like Todd Cantwell is a very, very useful player. Some of the listeners may laugh at me. Arsenal needs a playmaker right now. Todd Cantwell could do a job in that team. Buy Todd Cantwell, he does a job for four or five years, and then you sell him on, you make your money. But that or, could be your um, answer to Mesut Ozil, no? I think so, yeah. And even uh, the right back, Max Aaron, he's, he's, he's pretty useful, and I'm sure he'll be snapped up by one of the clubs. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, again, yeah, so Norwich is out, Bournemouth is out, and I think it's Aston Villa, I think. I'm going to count yeah. them as out as well. No, no, yeah, I think, you know, it's this time around the relegation teams will actually be relegated probably two or three games before the season actually ends. Yeah, I think so. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think there'll be any last day activity. No. And it doesn't look like it, and I think West Ham, the, the win against Chelsea really... Helped them out, and obviously they got a draw today as well, which worked out in their favour. I mean, they should have won that really, but um, but yeah, just I think they they've got enough in the tank, and the fixtures they got, they still got the likes of Norwich to play. Is it not no Aston Villa to play and Norwich? I think. If I'm not mistaken, I'm, I'm not sure who's playing who, but again, if if I just look at Watford and West Ham's attacking talent, so West Ham's got Mikel Antonio, Yarmolenko, Lanzini. Though they're all capable of, you know, they're all capable of getting goals. Even that Polish guy in midfield, I can't remember his name, but they got him on loan from I think Slavia Prague, and he already scored eight goals there. He scored two goals back to back here, and then Watford's got Troy Deeney. They've got Delafeo. I know he's injured. They've got Pereira. They've got Ismail Saar. They've got Dukari. There's there's plenty of goal scorers in those teams. Yeah, they haven't really set the world alight since Project Restart, but. When they get, they'll, they'll eventually come good. They have to. They have to, yeah. No, absolutely. But yeah, it's been great chatting to you, Bab, once again. Um, it's, we'll speak to you again next week, I guess. Um, right. All right, Raz, take care. We have a lot more to talk about next week, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. Take care, mate. Bye. Take care. Have a great one. Bye-bye. That was Bab with us. He's just um, enlightening us with the... Conversation of football again. It's been great talking about football, and a lot has happened. Um, this season has been amazing so far, and um, yeah, may it continue.
guys it's been great having you on on the phone hopefully we'll get my son at some point as well in the next segment um and yeah guys have a great one and do give me a uh, a message on twitter on at raz patel one if you can just search me up and just ask me any question you like and i'll be able to try and talk about it thank you very much have a great one bye bye hi guys yeah um so yeah we've spoken to bav today um it was a good conversation with bav unfortunately i can't get umar on the f- on the phone today um as uh, he's not feeling up for it <laughs> as kids do these days so yeah he's not really feeling up for talking about anything i think he's still upset over the man city game but yeah it's been great chatting to bav um a lot a lot has come out of it i mean it's exciting times right now um football has never is not not the same this year as every other season this it's been quite extraordinary there's been a lot of ups and downs i mean man city losing was quite a bit of a shock to southampton what a great goal that was by che evans i mean i have to admit it was instinctive and for a guy who's not scored a goal yet for southampton he did score that was a good good goal um, a really really good amazing goal and i think it was a worthy winner we must admit. So yeah, it's been exciting. A lot has happened in the in the season so far already. The fact that Liverpool has won the league and they can go and get a record points tally will be another thing to watch out for. Um, and then the transfer talks have started as well. Bav touched on a few transfer uh, links and you know certain players going to be moving around. You know, it'll be exciting to see where Jaden Sancho ends up. Because he's looking for a move, and it will be um, again interesting what Chelsea does in the transfer window this year. Because they've already um, acquired um, Timo Werner, so again, yeah, that's, that's a good one for them. But yeah, it's going to be great to see what happens and who who goes where. Um, and it's it's also going to be amazing to see what happens with Liverpool because obviously now that they've won the league, they won the Champions League the year before. Where they go on from here, you know, is it going to be title number two, title number three? Or is it just going to be the one one hit wonder? You know, win it once and that's it, and then let Chelsea and everyone else win their few, or Man City will dominate next season. We, there's a lot lot going to go going to happen and unfold over the course of between now and the end of season, and obviously over the um, over the the break as well after the season's over. Um, Bav and I t- touched on the fact that the Champions League again, who's going to win it? Um, it is going to be great to see, you know, um, I'm going to say this, um, that it'll be nice to see Manchester City winning it. Um, Pep Guardiola, you know, the one thing he set out to do at Man City was to win the Champions League and he hasn't done so yet. And it's surprising that he hasn't even come close to winning it yet, whereas Liverpool's been in two finals in a row and won one of them. So, yeah, um, it'll be nice for them to win it. It's going to be a tough ask, you know. Obviously, it's not easy beating Real Madrid, um, you know, who are absolutely the be- probably the best team well, um, in the Champions League. Certainly, they're the best team, you know, by a long shot, and they always keep winning. And Zidane's a bit of a specialist in that side. So yeah, it's going to be exciting. Um, yeah, guys, it's been great chatting to you to you guys again and just having a conversation about football. Just remember to keep keep on listening to our podcast. And if there's anything that you want us to talk about, please do add it and please do let us know on my Twitter feed, Raz Patel One. And yeah, I'll more than likely be able to, you know, discuss any of the topics that you guys have asked for me to speak about. Have a great one, guys, and thank you very much for tuning in. Take care. Bye-bye.